Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Let's go to the book of John tonight, chapter 11 and verse 40. The book of John tonight, chapter 11 and verse 40. One verse, then we'll launch into our topic tonight. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that thou wouldest believe, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you about faith that sees. Faith that sees. Say that with me. Faith that sees. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We need you today, God, to speak in us and to us and through us. Lord, touch us, O oh God, to serve your gift. Father, that, that would bless your people. We know your word is alive. Now make it alive, Lord Jesus, in our mouth and in our heart. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Faith that sees. John chapter 11 presents an amazing story that you have heard of before. It's a glorious story, but it's also a story that goes from tragedy into triumph. It is a tale of a broken-hearted family that God turns the tables on. It's a story of life and death. The narrative of John chapter 11 reads like a roller coaster ride. It reveals to us the depths and the heights of human emotion from great low to great highs. Too often I think we read the word of God through our, uh, 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 our human, our, our con- uh, being comfortable with it or frequently uh, talking about it, frequently reading. We, be- we can become uh, uh, filtered with an antiseptic approach to scripture. Who hasn't heard the story of Lazarus? Who hasn't heard that, that story? But think for a moment. This is your family, two sisters and a brother. This is, this is somebody's son, somebody's brother. These are, these are real people dealing with real human emotions. Let's look at this just a little bit. We're going to walk through John 11 tonight. <clears throat> the Bible said in verse 1, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of, of uh, Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Lord, the one that you love is sick. I think that's an excellent way to make a prayer request, don't you? Lord, the one you love, your child. The one you died for is sick. 
But notice what they didn't do. They did not throw a pity party. They didn't go into a whole lot, a litany of how bad things were. You know, Lord, it's terrible. Lord, please heal Lazarus. He's a good man. Come and command these, this, this disease to go. There's no begging here. There's no whining here. There is no family here that is just simply belly aching about their situation, but rather they simply said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Somebody say, that's enough. That's all the Lord needs to know from us, and that is the one you love is sick. And they appealed to even the emotion and the compassion of Jesus because they had witnessed that Jesus was a compassionate Messiah. He leads and he does things that is built upon that compassion. Like Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. They watched that. They knew that his emotion would be connected to his power. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 40, it said, And there came a leper unto him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus being moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. Aren't you glad that we got a Savior that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities? Moved with compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken immediately, the leprosy departed from him and he was cleaned. He is the one that can feel. And so Jesus is being appealed to his compassion. Look at verse 4 of John chapter 11. If you want to get your Bible and open it up to John 11, we're going to be walking through this story tonight. We find in verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Did you hear that, Mary and Martha? Did you hear that, those of you that are working with Lazarus? And did you hear what Jesus said? This sickness is not unto death. Amen. Their Lord's answer, no doubt, renewed their faith and lifted their spirits. Jesus will come. Jesus will show up and heal my brother. After all, he loves me. He loves my family. Amen. Mary, my sister, anointed her feet. Amen. Martha was the one that served him great meals. He's going to come. And this sickness is not unto death. This is not going to die. This situation is going to work out just fine. It's not going to come to an end. Amen. Don't, don't forget, Mary, this is what Jesus said. If you will believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. Jesus is going to show up. Somebody say that. Jesus is going to show up. Lazarus is going to be healed because Jesus said it wasn't unto death. Then verse 5 of John 11, Jesus loved Mary, Martha and her sister and Lazarus and when he heard, therefore, he was sick, 
he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Well, Lazarus is sick and your, your, your emotions have been appealed to. Your love has been appealed to. And you said it wasn't unto death. And then you decide, Lord, you're not coming. God often acts in ways that are opposite to our human reasoning. We don't have it figured out. We don't, we don't understand everything. We know that he loves us, don't we? Do you know the Lord loves you? Amen. We have prayed and we received the promise and, and, and we know the promises. It's not unto death. And yet Jesus waits. Jesus waits. We're upset. We're looking for our miracle and Jesus doesn't show up. He doesn't show. He said he loves me, but he doesn't show up. How often have we been in situations where we think God doesn't come through like we want him to, how we want him to, and what he, we want him to do? I see this story unfolding like a movie before us. Every night Martha sits down with her sick brother. Tenderly she gathers the herbs and mixes up some kind of ointment and serves him a broth and, and gives him some kind of homemade remedy. And, and, and she loves her brother Lazarus, but she asks the question to herself, where is Jesus? Where's Jesus in this? Where is Jesus in this? Where is he? I'm sure that the weariness of having to care for a dying brother weighed upon her heavily. Where is Jesus? I've served Jesus. I've loved Jesus. He loves me. He's, I've been constantly faithful. I've done what he wanted me to do. But where is Jesus now? I see her sister Mary sits by the bedside of Lazarus as well. She lovingly tells Lazarus, Jesus said it wasn't unto death. Jesus said, you're not going to die. I proclaim it. I name it. I proclaim it. I tell it. I'm speaking life. You're not going to die. So Mary is there. Mary places her ear close to hear the faint whisper of an ailing brother. And he whispers out, Mary, where's Jesus? When is he coming? Where is he? While she remains uh, very resolute in her faith, she said, he promised that he would come and he promised that, that you wouldn't die. And so she anoints his head again and she remembers the day that she anointed the Lord and that she worshipped him and that she cared for him. And now she's anointing a brother that is dying. She's got a promise. Amen. And so now she has emotions and tears are now running down her face not to anoint a Lord but rather to anoint her sorrow as tears are pouring out. And so she has watched as Jesus has healed the multitude, but where is he now? Where is my hope now? Amen. And so then we find in verse 7, it says, Then after that, saith he to the disciples, let's go into Judea again. Not only does Jesus delay, he goes in a different direction. Can I just, you know where I'm going, but let me just get there real quick and I'll get back to my, my narrative here. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like I prayed until I'm blue in the face? I've got a promise. 
I know what his word says. I know he loves me. I know he gave me a promise. He said he was a healer. He said that he was the deliverer. He said that he would be there for me. But where is he now? And why is he delayed? And why is he going in a different direction? Lord, I'm confused. So was Mary. So was Martha. Amen. At times it seems that Jesus is moving everywhere but closer to my situation. He delays and I worry and I'm frustrated. Amen. How can his words be true? This is not, this is a sickness that is not to death. Amen. And and then all of a sudden as they're, they're praying and they're working over their brother and he takes his last breath. Jesus still hadn't showed up. Again, I want you to to catch this as as humanly possible as we can and insert yourself in this story. You're Mary. You're Martha. You're family. You're a part of this. And you are shouting over the promise that he's coming, but he doesn't show up. Mm. Mary and Martha, seems like their hopes are now dashed on an unanswered prayer And a promise that is seemingly unfulfilled. They thought Jesus would come and heal their brother. But now the mourners are now gathering. And the two sisters are making funeral arrangements. And now they're concerned about something completely different. In verse 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. He knew it. And then verse 15 is one of the most peculiar statements in all of Scripture. I, look at this. What does it say? And I'm glad. Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. How many times has the Lord stood at the porthole of our life and looked at us and we're going through something horrible and bad and he says, that died Good for you. Y'all not going to shout on that one? I don't get any amens on that one. I'm glad. He said, I'm glad for your sake that I was not there. Why? To the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. There are some times that when you feel like God's forgotten you, he's walked away from you, he's not what he said he was going to do, your promise has not happened, that faith has still got to kick in and say, I still believe. I still believe. I'll put him in the ground and I still believe. Amen. I still believe. They took him off to jail. I still believe. My marriage seems to be over, but I still believe. My doctor is saying this about me, but I still believe. Amen. This situation looks bleak and it is out of control. But I still believe there are times that Jesus seems to delay his coming. But our responsibility is to say, he still said what he said. He still promised what he promised. Can you thank the Lord for that tonight? Lazarus is dead. I'm glad. Jesus looks at me and you and says, so you're in a trial? I'm glad. You're sad because things are going rough? I'm glad. You don't know where to go, where to turn? I'm glad. You have no hope around you? 
You have no answer to your problem. I'm glad. Your expectation has not been met. I'm glad. Man, that doesn't make sense. Somebody tell me. That doesn't make sense. That makes absolutely no sense to my brain. You're hurting, Jesus says. I'm glad. You have experienced death. I'm glad. Why is Jesus glad? He said, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad for your sake. He had nothing to prove himself. He didn't do this for himself. He was not trying to be uh, some kind of uh, uh, a God that's disconnected or, or showing us that God doesn't care. Jesus was glad because he knew what he was doing. Hallelujah. Would you say he knows what he is doing? When he doesn't show up when I think he should and he doesn't perform what I think he should perform, he's still in charge. He still has power. Hallelujah. Amen. He knew what was about to happen. First Peter 1 and 7 says, The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto, promise, unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's not just talking about the rapture appearing. That's talking about when Jesus shows up, something will change. When Jesus shows up, the atmosphere will change. Martha, amen, did not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. But he didn't do it like she thought so he heads to the place where he had been before where he had a fellowship with them before where they had sweet communion before and in verse 20 then Martha as soon as he, she heard that Jesus was coming went and met him but Mary was still in the house then said Martha unto Jesus Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died. This would not work this way if you had just been here, Lord. I wouldn't be in this mess. If you had just moved differently in my life, you had just changed that verdict. If you had just healed my childhood, if I hadn't been abused, if I hadn't been hurt, if you had just opened that door, if you had just changed that situation, if you had just moved sooner, amen, we are living in a day of if God, if you, if, if, if you would have done this, Lord, if you would have acted this way, amen, how often said we have said, Lord, if you had just, if you had just, so Martha tries to lift her faith, amen, to rise above her pain, but look at what she said, she said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have, he would, you could have healed him. But, verse 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Can I tell you, as long as the resurrection is around, it doesn't matter how dead something is. It doesn't matter how destroyed something looks. Because he's a resurrection and he's the life. He's a resurrection and he's the life. In verse 26, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, 
which should come into the world. Look at what she, she, she said. I, I know you have, I know that there's faith for tomorrow. I know you're going to move in the resurrection. But, but, but she's having a hard time for the faith for now. Now, Martha had faith for a miracle that should have happened yesterday, and she had faith for a miracle that will happen tomorrow, but she has lost her understanding of faith for now. Everybody say faith for now. Now, pick up the narrative in verse 28. Uh, Martha called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The master is cometh, the master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, the professional mourners. You know, they hired professional mourners. How would you, where do you go get that job? I, I, I'm going to go shine up. There are some people that I know north, south, east, and west of here that would do a good job at that. They would give Eeyore a run for their money. But the professional mourners are there. Then verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. What a scene. Saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Mary left the mourners, went to the true comforter, left those. And, and Mary, like Martha, said the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, things would have been different. Lord, if you had moved at that time, things would have been different. But unlike Martha, she falls on her face and puts her face at his feet in a state of worship. Lord, my brother is gone, but I'll still worship you. Lord, my promise seems like it didn't happen, but I'm still going to worship you. It didn't work out like I thought it would, but I'll still worship you. Lord, things didn't go like I wanted, but here I am on bended knee before you. And then verse 33, when Jesus came, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which come with her, he groaned in the spirit and, and was troubled and said these words, Where have you laid him? The Lord, they said, Lord, come and see. And, and in that verse that everybody knows how to quote, <laughs> Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Where have you laid him? Where have you laid my beloved Lazarus? <clears throat> verse 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. They saw the emotion of Jesus Amen. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? It, 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 Lord, you, you, you've done so many other things. Why didn't you do this? And why didn't it work this way? And why did I, I had believed and I was going to see and this is the, but it died, Lord. It died. It just fell apart. I, I, I was expecting you to come and be my miracle worker. I was expecting you to show up. I believe you. I've named it. I've claimed it. And yet you don't show up. Then he says, where have you laid him? I see him saying to you and me today, where did you put your hopes that have been dashed? 
Where have you buried your unanswered prayers? Where have you buried that miracle that didn't happen in your life? Where have you buried that promise that seemingly had gone unanswered and unheeded? Amen. Here's what we must do. We need to take Jesus to the burial grounds of our unrealized victories and our unanswered dreams and our unfulfilled promise and say, Lord, you go there. And if you bring forth a resurrection, that would be great. If you don't, I still have you. I still have the resurrection. There's still hope. Amen. Don't put a period where God doesn't put a period. Don't put an end where God doesn't put an end. I'm talking to somebody today that he, you need to know. He is the resurrection and he is the life. And that doesn't just mean your future resurrection. That doesn't mean just a, that your past resurrection. Some of us have been in church for a long time. Amen. But he wants to go to the place where you have been some things and he wants that to come alive in your life verse 38 Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it and Jesus said take away the stone Martha the sister of him that was dead you know Martha's got to be the analytical one she is the list maker. <clears throat> She's the beaver. You, you know, those of you that remember our personality studies, Martha's the beaver. She's the busy one getting everything done. She's organized. And, and, and Martha says, oh, Lord, he's probably stinking by now. He's been dead for four days. It's too late. It's past time. It's not going to be a resurrection. It's past time. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, If thou wouldest believe, you would see, and here's the key, the glory of God. The glory of God doesn't always look like we think it looks. It doesn't always appear like we think it ought to be, but it will be his glory. It will be patient to hold on. As long as Jesus is there and we've got faith to see it, we will see the glory of God. We will see the glory of God. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time... He's stinking. There's an odor to it. Uh, amen. Martha answered the crazy uh, uh, command of or spoke to that crazy human logic that says, uh, 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 this can't be. Amen. This can't be. Amen. It was totally correct. He had been dead for four days. And he's surely stinking. She was absolutely right. It was real. It was a fact. It was a medical fact. The data was precise. The analysis was exact. Amen. Too much time had passed. The ugliness of the situation had now become a decaying problem. It's too bad. It's too horrible. Mm. But Jesus said, if you'll believe, you'll see. Amen. The glory of God. We are living in a day where logic rules, education rules, human sense rules. Not a whole lot of human sense today. Maybe I ought to backtrack from my notes right quick. I didn't say common sense, did I? I think I said human sense. Rational coherence 
often overrides the crazy commands of God. Our Lazarus needs to just stay in the grave because he stinks. Lord, if you had been here, this had been different, but now it's past time. My Lord. And yet Jesus said, move the stone. Move the stone. Doesn't make logical sense. Move the stone. Amen. We want to figure things out before the stone is moved. We want to figure things out. We want the answers, and then we'll move the stone. We want to take a whiff, and then move the stone. Right? We want, we want, you know. But belief is demonstrated by action, by obedience. Belief is demonstrated by faith and action when he said, move the stone. And verse 41 says, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. When did he hear in that prayer? We talked about praying like Jesus recently. But Jesus knew Before he ever came, what was going to happen? Amen. I want to tell you that you and I need to have the faith like the Lord that says, uh, Amen, I know you hear me, Father. I know you hear me, Father. And it may not look like I think it ought to look, and it may not appeal to my human logic, but I believe. Therefore, I see beyond logic. I see beyond human coherence. I see beyond what I think in my flesh. Verse 42, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried, I love this, with a loud voice, standing on the outside of that grain, and everybody's feeling that stink is coming. And yet the Lord says, Lazarus, come forth. Woo! <laughs> Lazarus come forth. And, and, and when, when, he, when the dead was come forth, he was bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Can you see the scene? Somehow Lazarus gets up off the slab in his grave clothes and comes out like a mummy. Can't see where he's going. Oh, those that had a little issue with removing the stone, I wonder what they thought when he said, remove the grave clothes. What we're going to see when this comes out. Amen. I want to tell somebody today, quit putting God in a box. Quit setting God in a box and say, Lord, you got to move like this. And so I pray, and I'm going to name it, claim it, grab it, and blab it like I want. But he always has his way, has his plan, has his thoughts. You loose him and let him go. All of this based upon this, 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 this one powerful statement. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believe. Somebody say, believe. Believe. 
Jesus. I'm going to jump around, Sister Bev, so just hold on with me. God bless our media team. I'll give them scriptures, and then I go backwards and forwards and sideways. Amen. Mark 5, verse 36. Look what he said. As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said under the rule of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Somebody said, Be not afraid, only believe. He brought us through COVID mess. He brings us through the chaos of our culture. Be not afraid, only believe. Some of you have buried things. You have buried loved ones. You have buried things that, that you thought will never, you can never have hope again. You can never have a dream again. You can never be free again. I want to tell you, yes, you can. The resurrection and the life is here. He is here. He is here. He is here. And I know for a fact that the Lord can bring the dead back to life. I watched it. I've seen it. My brother died and was dead for an hour and a half. And God brought him back to life. At the age of 14, I watched it. I was 7. He was 14. I watched it. I've seen the power of God and how the Lord delivered him. He had drowned and, 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 and he should have stayed dead. I don't know why God works like he works because later on when he was 50, he died. I don't know what God was doing in those times. That, but I'm telling you what. Stop trying to logically figure out God and how he works and how it's supposed to work. Amen. Somebody needs to know today he's still the resurrection and the life. And it's not unto death. If it is not unto death, then it is unto life. It, it may not appear. You may bury them and put them in the grave. You may bury it and put it in the grave. But it's still not over. Come on and love him in this place. Hallelujah. It's still not over. Glory be to God. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Look at verse 13 of Matthew 8. Here's what Jesus said. Go thy way. As thou hast believed, so shall it be done unto thee. As you have believed, that's the way it's going to be done unto you. Amen. Again, it's not about naming it, claiming it, grabbing it. and whew. Believe. Have faith. Matthew 21 and 22. And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive them. Oh, but I want to receive it like I want. No, he may go off somewhere for a while. He may not show up. But know this, he's still the resurrection. And if I will have faith, I will see the glory of God. And the glory of God may look differently than having a specific prayer matched to my particular request. But if you believe, hear me tonight. If you will believe, God's glory will show up. It may be completely different than what you expect. But his glory will show up. What is the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is the weight of God, the importance of God, the heaviness of God. Uh, uh, the Septuagint translate kebab with the Greek word doxia, which simply is a term that means giving proper opinion to something or someone. 
And so God's glory gives us the proper opinion of who he is. When I see his glory, I see him for who he is. I am provided a glimpse of his beauty, his, his brilliance, his radiance, and I see him for who he is, the resurrection and the life. Amen. When Stephen was being stoned to death because of the message he preached, this is what he said. I looked steadfastly to heaven and I saw the glory of God. I saw the glory at his death. On his de- dying uh, a moment, he is saying, I still see the glory of God. I would to the Lord that every person under the sound of my voice, when your time comes, you can say, I see the glory of God. When your trial comes, I see the glory of God. Hallelujah. God, you are going to get some glory out of this. God, you're going to get some honor out of this. I'm going to praise you in this storm. I'm going to praise you in this unanswered prayer time. I'm going to praise you. Amen. Though it's not worked out like I wanted, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to give you glory. Hallelujah. Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you praise him? I'm going to see the glory of God. I'm going to see the glory of God. In the worst and darkest of hours, I'm going to see the glory of God. Hebrews chapter 11 and 1, you know this. It has been used, this verse has been, go ahead and put that up, sister. Hebrews 11 and 1. This has been used as the definition of what faith is. Now, faith is, it's really the action of what faith is. The action, not just the definition. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. People will say faith is blind. No, it isn't. Faith sees. Faith sees. But it just sees beyond the issue. In the natural, it sees beyond to see the glory of God. Amen. Faith is not closing your eyes and leaping off a cliff. Ain't nobody... But faith is stepping out when the Lord says, would you step out on that cliff? Nothing is there. I don't close my eyes. I'm just saying, Lord, by your grace, I'm stepping out. I'm going to believe that you're going to be with me. I'm going to believe that you're going to supply my needs. So I'm stepping out. How many of you done things you felt like giving an offering? You said, I don't have it, but the Lord impressed on you. Give it anyway. I'm stepping out by faith. And he come through. If you're listening to the voice of God and you're being a wise steward with, with finances, he's going to provide. Amen. What faith does, it makes the invisible visible. Faith takes the things that God has spoken about in the future. Jesus said it's not unto death and they couldn't see it. But we need to understand we can see it by faith. Look beyond what is the evidence of flesh. And see the evidence of faith. Faith is both the foundation, the substance of proof, as well as the evidence of proof. Paul said that we need to take up the shield of faith. To to defend ourselves against the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith is our defense. Why are you crazy people getting, you know... In, in this hour that we're living in where fear is such a problem and, and we got a pandemic and people are still going crazy. Yeah. 
I don't know what some people are going to do when they, they have to get rid of their comfort zone called this mask thing. Did I say that? Did I say that out loud? I, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. What, what are we going to do now that somebody stands us a little closer than six feet? What are you doing running away? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Dylan. I'm just simply saying this, is that if we're going to get through what we see, the Ukraine and Russia war, the impending war of China on Taiwan, what are we going to do? You know what Jesus said? Look up. What are we looking for? We're not looking for war. We're not looking for sorrow. We're not looking for fear. We're not looking for the Antichrist even. What are we looking for? We're looking for our hope. Our hope. I believe everything's going to be all right. Amen. How, how about it, Sister Queen? Did the, did, did the Stumbos get out of Russia or not? It looked like they wouldn't. It looked like there was no way. They're shutting the borders down. Americans got to get out. But now they're... Come on. God... Now, now you've got to understand that the Lord has done some things that are, are, are staggering. Uh, uh, Sister Wanda is working at a school and has a pass to travel for her and her family, which is Brother Mark. Brother Jordan, his wife, and three little kids didn't have that. So at this school, before the war broke out, at this school... I hope, Sister Queen, I'm telling it right. You keep nodding and I'll, I'll be all right. But at this school, there was a teacher that went on a sabbatical. And so they called up Jordan and said, will you come and teach at the school? Okay. He came to that school. It's an American school where they're teaching English and different things. And, and diplomat kids go there and different folks go there to learn English and so forth and so on. So he was employed for one day. And they shut the school down. Didn't, didn't you know the Lord had already planned that a long time? He saw that coming a long time ago that they were going to need help to get out of Russia. Amen. I want to tell you, if you will have faith, you can see the glory of God. It's not about putting God in a box and saying it's got to be this way or that way. Amen. But I'm going to have action with my faith because I can see that God is moving when you look up Hebrews 11, you will find all the heroes of the Hall of Fame of Faith. And you begin to look at what they did because of their faith. Amen. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Noah prepared. By faith, Abraham obeyed and so journeyed. By faith, Isaac was blessed. By faith, Jacob was blessed. Amen. By faith, Moses refused to be called. Amen. And chose rather to forsake Egypt, amen. By faith, Israel passed through the Red Sea. By faith, Rahab received the spies. By faith, they went through hardship and trials, amen. By faith, and they never got what you and I have. But what you and I have is the promise of the Father. And so now by faith, we can stand and say, I see God is going to get some glory out of this. Stand with me, please. Amen. I've got to obey his word and say, God, you're going to get some glory out of this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. 
I still believe he's the miracle worker. I still believe that he's a marriage mender. I was just listening to a, a message from my dad from way back in the 80s. And he relayed a story that I, I remember happened. My dad went to preach a conference in Illinois and he was preaching a conference and his topic was on something completely different. And in the middle of his message, he said, God could put families back together. Had nothing to do with what he was teaching. When he made the altar call, a big man, and this is my dad's word, a big man, big tall red-headed man, looked like a football player, started coming down the aisle and it looked like he said something had him by the seat of the britches. And was just like push him along. And then when he got to the altar, it was as if whatever had him by the seat of the bridges threw him into the altar. He began to weep and cry out to God. A woman came down from a different location in that church and knelt on a different place and was praying. My dad went down and began to pray with them. Come to find out that that, that was a husband and wife who, whose marriage had ended in divorce. My dad's in this story says that we prayed for 30 minutes in the altar and when they got up they hugged each other and forgave one another and just put it in the past right there without counseling without any kind of 12 step program it was just simply the power of God brought healing in that moment now they may have had that counseling afterwards I don't know but I do know that God can put things together. And my dad said, are there any kids connected to this family? And six little red-headed children started making their way to the front. Can you, can, can you see that in your mind? Amen. That's somebody's mom and dad. That's somebody's children. That God said, God is going to get glory out of this. What are you dealing with tonight? That you need the Lord to do what he does. But can you see? beyond this moment and say I believe God's going to get glory out of this I don't know how that's going to look I'm not going to put you in a box Lord Hallelujah I, I really Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast We trust that today's message has inspired you encouraged you and strengthened you in the Lord we would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.